Welcome to the Hebrews at Conversation Cafe podcast. This podcast is a unique brew of real people with real talk about real life. So, if you're driving, keep your eyes on the road and your hands on the wheel. And if you're somewhere sitting, sit back and be still. Let's get the conversation started. Have you ever felt that your life load was more incredible than your capacity to handle it? I'm Ricky Allen. Welcome to this episode of the Hebrews at Conversation Cafe podcast. Today's episode will explore the question, what are you? Joining the conversation all the way from Mexico is a distinguished gentleman, Mr. Jeff Hill. Jeff, how are you? I am awesome, man. Thank you for asking. I appreciate you inviting me out. I look forward to sharing all the way from Mexico, south of the border. South of the border. Well, listen, I'm happy to have you joining this conversation. I remember our initial encounter approximately five years ago when you came into my office and you were flapping a copy of my very first book, Bone of My Bone and Flesh of My Flesh, which I published in 1998. And we briefly talked as you purchased a copy of my newly published book, uh, Can These Bones Live? And I just want you to know that I appreciate uh, all of your support. I appreciate who you are and what you do. So why don't you tell the listening audience a little about you? Hello again. For, the, for you guys that do not know me, this is Jeff Hill. I was born and raised in Camden, Arkansas, down in the country. Glad I got out. Camden, um, Arkansas. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I'm yes, from CrossFit, so we got the two C's. We actually used to play CrossFit way, way, way back in the day. I think yeah. um, I was probably in elementary. I remember taking road, road trips to go watch those games. So shout out to the people who grew up in those small towns. Hey, there is something good coming from the country, right? It is. It is. It is. <laughs> uh, so I got out, I went to UCA. I did my undergrad there, got my MBA with University of Phoenix, and I am the proud owner of the Hill Financial Group, a wealth accumulation firm where I've been running this business now for a little over 13 years, and I absolutely love it. I like to tell people I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I love the travel. I love the meeting new people and I love helping people out. So that's one of the things that I love probably most about what I do is having a servant's heart. I get to be selfish every single day and I get to earn a living doing so. And what I mean by that is I truly love helping people. I love to serve. And every day I get to do that, I get fulfilled in my, in my, in my craft. So it's kind of that cliche of picking a job that you love and never working a day in your life. So my yeah. life is, is, is a vacation. A vacation. Yes, or, or a well, series of them, depending on how you look at it. Well, you know, I, I have witnessed that. And, of course, I have to call you and say, where are you, before I can say, how are you? Uh, but, listen, I really appreciate all that you do. And, you know, the past few years have been very challenging from when we first met until mm-hmm. now. Uh, I also remember you, uh, when we met, you had not married at the time. And uh, your fiance at the time joined my very first uh, Can These Bones Live retreat. We were in Heber Springs, Arkansas, and a lot has happened since then. Uh, We went into the COVID pandemic, and I couldn't really estimate the impact that would have on me and what I was doing. Uh, We had a lot of momentum, and then it just kind of shut down a lot of things. And so for the past few years, uh, it's been pretty challenging for me. Uh, I've been dealing with you know, exhaustion, not really knowing why. I've been dealing with 
what I call situational depression. And it's at this intersection I realized that my life load was more significant than my capacity to deal with it. My roles, mm. my functions as a husband, father, caregiver of an aging mother with health issues, uh, a, a senior analyst and professional for a Fortune 500 company for over 39 years, and a senior pastor and a church planner for over 32 years, and then owning my own business, Relate LLC, uh, and an author. And, and I, I found that all these functions uh, had in some ways just left me hollow. I, I'm just walking around existing, not really uh, just in a, I, I can't even get a good word for it as just feeling depleted. And I was on vacation in San Francisco, California. And while having small talk with an Uber driver, the driver asked me some absorbing questions. And the first question he asked me was, are you spiritual or religious? We had been talking about uh, our faith and our journey, and he wanted to really know, was I spiritual or was I religious? And, and I had an answer for that because, number one, I, I know religious is a practice, and number two, I know there are a lot of different spirits in the earth, so I had to really get to the point of my relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. And so it was clear to me that he was on his own journey of discovery. But then he asked me a question that really caused me to stop and think. And, and the question was, after asking, was I spiritual or was I religious? Then he asked me, what are you? Not who are you, but what are you? And that answer really caused a paradigm shift in me. So he didn't ask me who I was. He didn't ask me what I did. He didn't ask me about my life preferences or accomplishments or even associations. He asked, what are you? So it demanded that I would then just kind of peel back all of those functions that I mentioned. And it didn't take me long to realize that all of those functions had somehow caused me to lose sight of what I really was. And, and in my own life battles, this whole struggle for identity and purpose, not knowing what you are, certainly makes it difficult for you to know your purpose. And so I realized that at just at that question, it just kind of snapped me back into some reality from that intersection of exhaustion and situational depression and caused me to think, okay, but what are you? And so then there is this paradigm shift of, who you are and what you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So one of the things that I love to teach on, and, and, and I'll say this, who am I? I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And what I love about that is I have discipline and likenesses in many areas. I remember I heard uh, T.D. Jake say this in a sermon. He's like, don't put a period behind my name where God put a comma. Yeah. So yeah. we have the ability to wear many hats. You mentioned I'm a father, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a pastor, I'm an analyst. And we literally have the ability to be all those things because all those are choices. So what I've learned about paradigms is oftentimes our paradigms shape the way we act, the yeah. way we are, yeah. what, what we become, because not necessarily from us, but it's more so from what other people have given to us. Right. It's the generational stuff that we've learned throughout there. So when I learned the phrase that I was a multi-passionate entrepreneur, 
it was liberating. It was my bit of that refreshing because now I get to walk in my truth of liking many things and not feeling guilty like, well, I don't have any direction. I right, do. Right. But my direction is I can I can have success or I can help people in different avenues. So at my core, when I think about my role as an advisor, I am typically helping people with their finances, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how you govern your finances, how you govern your thinking. So even when I think about coaching, one of the first things I want to uh, attack or, 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 or discuss is your mindset. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't know where your mind is or what your relation is with money, it's a lot harder for us to move forward because I'm always going to be fighting your paradigms. Yeah. Yeah. You know, your thoughts become your actions, your actions become your habits, your habits become your character. So when you think about that as a framework of, of who we are, there's a lot that you can unpack in that because it all starts with your thinking. As a man thinketh, yeah. so is he. Yeah. So when you think about who are you, who, who do you want to be? The, the beauty of, of, of what I like when, I, when you go look at online marketing is you have the ability to create this avatar, this persona of who you are. Yeah. So oftentimes it's easier when you are marketing to cold market sometimes than it is your friends and family because your friends and family know you. They have a perception of who you are already. But when you put yourself out there as a author, as a guru, as a whatever, and you have, you have some knowledge and you can kind of back it up or fake it till you make it, however you want to look at it. <laughs> when, you pre- when you present yourself as that, that's how people look at you. That's, that's who they think you are. Yeah. So when you're riding with this Uber driver and he asks you, who are you? And you give him an answer. That's his, that's his perception of you now. Oh, you, you are this because this is what you told me. Yeah. And you know, for me, I, I realized that you can't really be successful and experience lasting peace in your life unless you really know what you are and, and discover then how to live out that creative purpose. You know, mm-hmm. when I thought about this, as he was talking to me, and again, this, this was my epiphany to help unstick me. I got back home and I thought more about this. For me, the who is relative and it's interrogative. And primarily when, when we use who, uh, we use it to refer to a person. But it really doesn't define the person. There I was at that crossroad um, and have gone through a lot in life. You know, I don't look like all that I've been through, but I thank God for the grace of God and the Man, mercy. But you it, said a word right Did there. I say a word? <laughs> Would you repeat it for Wait, me? Because I don't I'm even know. Gl- I am glad. I am glad <laughs> we don't look like what all uh, we have been through. Only that, but that the, is grace. the grace of God. And the thing about it is when, you, when your life load becomes more significant than your capacity to handle it for whatever reason, then you experience exhaustion. You experience mm-hmm. burnout. It's a real thing. What I had lost sight of is in all of those functions, I was but a mere instrument for God to mm-hmm. flow through me. So the what for me became, well, you know, I'm just an instrument and I'm instrumental in, in God's work in the earth through me because I am a man of faith. And even though I'm a man of faith, I was still in this dark place. I was still in this place where I was struggling. When this guy asked me this question, it just kind of shook me, shook me in a way that I could say, okay, I've, I've had all these functions in life and I've served all these roles 
And while I am very thankful, very proud, very happy to have served those roles, then more importantly, then I had to evaluate, am I really presenting myself for God to be the power to uh, affect those people through me in the roles that I'm serving? And so that what then for me was a determiner, and, and it was used for me to truly specify uh, what it was that I knew about me. The what part uh, brought about clarity, and the more I thought about it, then I realized how that, that exhaustion and how that temporary, uh, that situational depression had affected my soul. And uh, it was like frostbite. And I don't know if you've ever seen anything that had frostbite on it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that deep freezer growing up in the country. Oh, country boy. So we know some things about it. You let it stay in that condition too long. With time, it experiences frostbite. So my, my soul had been in that condition of exhaustion, that condition of situational things happening, causing me some lows, that it, it was like frostbite. Uh, it, it had symptoms like, like it was just deadening and numbness in my life. And it was progressively leading to the amputation of my joy and peace. Because you know, you know what can happen mm-hmm. uh, when you get frostbite. So I wanted to have this conversation because I know that I'm not alone. Uh, right. Oh, no. You know, the, 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 the exhaustion, the depression, the struggle is real. I know that I'm not alone. And many times, because of what I do, um, people will want to think you're exempt, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and they want to think that you don't go through these kind of things. But I'm very open but it's only by the grace of God and, and reminding me what my function is and what I was made for that has enabled me to endure. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot to unpack in that when you have the ability to wear many hats, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he says he won't bring you to it if he won't bring you through it. Mm. But a lot of times, I know for me personally, when I'm going at that level, it's easy to forget that I need to stop and call on God for his strength yeah. because he's given me these opportunities and I know the, the, all these good things are coming from him. So I think that I have to take all this load on, but there's an element of, of, of pride almost in there. Yeah, that I know that I have to deal with sometimes because it's like, no, I got it. I'm a man. Hey, listen, I got it. I've, I've done this before, but the humbling part is when you get to the point where you're exhausted and you're like, Whew. you know, what, like, what, what's going on? But remember, his, his power is made strong in your weakness. Yeah. But sometimes you have to get to that point to remember, like, I'm not, I'm not doing this by myself. This is, this, is not, this is not of my strength. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. But you also have to remember to continue to tap into that source. So I know for me, when I've gotten to those points, it's taking that real where that's saying, okay, all right, Lord, we got a lot going on. I'm trying to serve you and the people and what's going on. And, and I have to remember that. And, and, and you taught me this, even, even in relationships with my wife, he's like, your responsibility is not to love your wife. It's to love God and let him love her through you. Yeah. Did you say it's I taught you that? You did. Did you y'all did. hear that? You so if, if you need to get my book, Can These Bones Live? Yes, get I it. go to my website, Ricky Allen Relates. Ricky Allen Relates. Hey, Jeff, let, Jeff. Let me be open to receive. Let me interrupt you because I, I want to know. I, I want your permission to share something about you that they won't know. But I want to share this okay. by virtue of what you just shared. You know, I remember that, and I remember our time together. 
And I remember you telling me when you were getting ready to get married that you were going to take a year off from work Mm -hmm. so that you could serve your wife in love, that you all would take that time together and allow God to serve both of you. In other words, you're a vessel, she's a vessel. And, and, And man, when I thought of that, I thought that was crazy. I thought how great it is to be able to do that. But I just, I could not, as when you said that, I didn't want to let this conversation in without me highlighting the fact that your knowledge of that, your willingness to be a vessel to allow God to love your spouse through you and create a foundation for you all to build on uh, and where you are now. Again, you didn't go into all of that, but because we're just dealing with what you are and it's, it's obvious that in what you do, you are a vessel for God to do those things through you and the difference you're making in the lives of people, not just, you know, uh, professionally. And so I didn't want that to skim over our listeners ears. The fact that um, as vessels, you would present yourself for God just to love, to serve, to care. The things that relationships need that we're Mm -hmm. often trying to do, but don't realize that it's God that gives us the power to do. And so power don't have to try to be power. And the thing about Mm -hmm. the presence of power, anything that yields to it, the power flows through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything right. that yields to oh, yeah. it, the power flows through it. So man, thanks for bringing that point. I didn't, I wanted to interrupt. I hope I didn't hijack your thoughts, but that was good. That was good. <laughs> no, I mean, like it is it, throughout this conversation, there's been layers of things that you have touched on different, how to handle myself and that. And a lot of it is just getting back to the source. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, when you hear this type of stuff, you have to spend some time and meditate on these precepts, if you will, because yeah. it's easy to hear a phrase like that and just let it kind of bounce off like, oh, yeah, I get it. But when you sometimes take the time to really meditate on it and make it palatable, you get some direction out of this. And and hopefully if you know it well enough and you've been able to tap into your paradigm and, and put that wedge in there to remember when you need it, it's that stop like, wait, 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 I'm doing too much right now, Lord, like, I'm trying to be in front of you. Yeah. Let me yeah. get out of your way. Yeah. So for those listening, I want to ask you, does your life loads exceed your capacity? Are you experiencing some frostbite of your soul? And if so, I just want to share something with you. Uh, and again, I'm happy that Jeff is here. When my life load was exceeding my capacity, I could hear the invitation of Jesus that he shared in, in the gospel according to St. Matthew and In the Holy Bible, um, the 11th chapter, verses 28 through 29, and he basically gives us an invitation to come unto me, all you that labor, that that work, and are heavy laden, exhausted, got situational depression. He said, I will give you rest. Take Mm -hmm. my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and and you, and you will find rest for your souls. Answering this question, what I was, also reminded me that that God's grace is sufficient for me, for you who are listening, and his strength is made perfect in your weakness. I had to be reminded of that because all the, the functions had caused me to lose sight. 
It also reminded me that in that place that I was in, that God uh, was very present. He doesn't leave us when life happens, and life is happening in many various ways, but he doesn't abandon us then. And, and his purpose for our lives uh, is essential. You know, when he said, let us make them in our likeness and our image, and with that, there's life assignments, and sometimes the life assignments may weary us. Don't allow that state of exhaustion to become a lifestyle. It's so easy to slip into it. It's like, to me, it's like a comfortable bed. It's easy to get into, but it's hard to get out of. When God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, then man became a living soul. And so I just want to encourage you to allow the breath of God uh, to breathe on you so that you can experience that new life because it happens. Life happens. Times can be hard. Remember, if you are in a state of exhaustion, if you're experiencing some situational depression, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to communicate with a trusted source. God's grace is sufficient for you. His strength is perfect in any of your weakness. He's very present in all of your troubles, and your life is essential. So just yield and allow him to live through you. Jeff, I really appreciate you joining me for this conversation. And I heard you say there is so much we can uh, unpeel oh just from God, this one conversation. So does that mean that you'll come back and we can have some more conversations? Gladly, gladly, gladly. I would, I would love to come in and be able to share and grow. Thank you for listening to the Hebrews It Conversation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit our website at rickyallenrelates.com and follow us on social media at rickyallenrelates. Remember, intentional conversations brew intimate associations. Both are the essence of all meaningful relationships.